Hi there, and thanks for listening to this episode of Public Service Psychology Now. I'm Tiffany Fennell, your host and president of Division 18, and we're continuing a special series featuring interviews with the 2021 candidates for APA president-elect. I'm delighted that Dr. Diana Prescott is joining us today to discuss her vision. So let me start with a brief introduction. Dr. Diana Prescott directs a rural health consulting practice evaluating and treating women and children at Hampton Psychological Consultation and Hampton Psychological Properties. A member of 21 APA divisions, she has served in several leadership roles in APA, as well as in the Maine Psychological Association. Dr. Prescott has served as a member at large on the APA Board of Directors and is currently the Recording Secretary. She was elected as a member at large on the IAAP Board of Directors, serving as Secretary of Professional Practice Division 17. She's chaired the APA Committee on Rural Health and was elected to the APA Council of Representatives, representing the Maine Psychological Association during the Good Governance Project. Additionally, she has served as the Federal Advocacy Coordinator for the Maine Psychological Association for over 15 years, advocating for science, education, practice, public interest, and applied psychology. Dr. Prescott has chaired the Maine Migrant Health Program and served on the Maine Primary Care Association Board. She is a member of the Rural Health Caucus, Women's Caucus, Child Caucus, SPTA Caucus, Health Caucus, Practice Caucus, and the Ethnic Minority Caucus. She has represented the Maine Psychological Association on the Committee for Women in Psychology Network and as a Rural Health Coordinator and she's received the APAPO Federal Advocacy Award and served on the Committee of State Leaders. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Prescott. Thank you, Tiffany. It's great to be here. Well, let's start with, you know, what are your major goals as APA president? Well, I think um, given like all the governance experience I've had, I really have had time to study our organization. And so, what I've thought about a lot is the the need for us to be a large, diverse organizational umbrella under which all psychologists can bring their unique mixture of race, religion, age, cultural background, physical difference, sexual orientation, gender identity, political perspective, and theoretical orientation, and united by our love of psychology and our strategic plan. And um, I think that our, our umbrella needs to be broader so we can include uh, all kinds of psychologists, not just a certain group. And I think everybody feels a little bit marginalized in our organization for some reason. And I just feel like um, psychologists need to figure this out because if we can figure this out, then we can extend it to the, the larger community in the world. That's great. So kind of unification, um, but really, um, I, I guess, identifying or um, um, people from diverse backgrounds and hope, hopefully making this a more inclusive organization and maybe a stronger one at that. Um, and hopefully helping people feel more connected, it sounds like, and not so marginalized. Is that Yes, I mean, I think we can strive to hear and respond to the various voices of psychologists and meet their needs and help them obtain the resources they need to develop to their full potential. 
Um, but at the same time, we've got to understand um, humanity and use that our, you know, your, our unity that you're describing as psychologists to address the pain externally that we're witness to mm -hmm. each day, like from the COVID pandemic, the brutal racism, and the natural and human disasters that we've been witness to in Haiti and Afghanistan. Um, those, so it's getting our house in order so that we can then extend it out to the rest of the world. Um, and so as president, I'm hoping to extend upon the, the previous presidential initiatives of deep poverty and health equity and, and specifically targeting underserved and rural populations. Yeah, it definitely sounds like um, just from your history and your leadership, um, strong emphasis on rural, um, rural health and psychology and rural um, communities. And so I think um, that sounds like those are really important areas and a great way to bridge what past president's initiatives have been as well, kind of continuing um, to make strides in those areas. And any um, anything else you'd like to add uh, about your goals or? Well, I mean, I think um, what happens often with the presidents is they have a presidential initiative and they do it for a year and then it falls off. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that by, um, you know, trying to extend upon what's already been done and, and also the, um, the strategic plan, the rollout of the strategic plan, which seems really in line with Division 18 from what I'm, um, I understand. Um, I think that that, that um, maintains some continuity between the presidents so that we're not just doing something and then dropping it and right. moving on to something completely new. Right. Well, you mentioned Division 18 and, um, and how the strategic plan, APA strategic plan also ties in nicely with Division 18. So tell me a, a bit about um, how, well, first off, how familiar are you with Division 18? Actually, um, I, I can't get over how old Division 18 is established in 1946. And, yes. um, but honestly, I just began looking at your website during the campaign. I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of your leaders like Dr. Pat DeLeon, who helped me make the transition to recording secretaries at APA and Dr. Linda Mona, I know her from CORE and Dr. Jackie Gray from the Committee on Rural Health and Dr. Chris Loftus from CAP and several others I knew. And um, so when I looked at what you're doing, I believe that our campaign platform really aligns quite well with the vision and goals of Division 18. And how do you um, see the role of public service psychology in connection with your presidential initiatives? Well, I, I do have a community psychology minor and I've worked in community hospitals, medical and psychiatric. And I noticed you have a section of community and state hospitals. And there's a focus in that sec, uh, section on rural and underserved areas, telemedicine and advocacy through state psychological associations, which would be really, uh, would fit really well in, with some of our initiatives. And the section on psychologists in Indian country, mm -hmm. this section uh, provides an organized professional voice advocacy for issues and concerns and a communication network among members who frequently work in isolated rural areas, which obviously would be a good fit. Um, and then in my hospital and consulting practice work, I've worked with children and adults with severe emotional disturbance, which appears to be another one of your sections. And so all of these sections, I either have personal experience in or we're focusing on them in the campaign or both. Um, and we have a pillar um, 
we have on our website, it's Diana with the number four APA.com. And there's a pillar on social justice. And it looks like Division 18 is very strongly focused on social justice issues. And if, if you want more detail about that connection, you can look at that pillar on the website. Um, and then I mentioned the strategic plan. Um, that would be part of what we would be doing is continuing to help APA roll out this, the new strategic initiatives like um, employing psychology to improve population health, increase access to services, reduce disparities, which is really perfectly timed. And I really feel psychologists should be the leaders of these psychological intervention teams in public health, um, kind of having a varying levels of team training, providing supervision and offering a lot of uh, different kinds of modalities of public intervention. Uh, because um, in the strategic plan, we could see that um, the application of psychological science can foster the advancement of human rights, fairness, and diversity. And so I feel that APA is really strategically positioned to advocate to remove barriers to equitable health care for all people. Yeah, well said. And certainly, um, as you mentioned, ties in to a lot of our different sections, our special interest um, sections, and, and also what we stand for as a division as well. Um, how do you imagine engaging Division 18 or its members in your initiatives? Well, that's interesting. I noticed um, that you have a goal of increasing your division's effectiveness by increasing uh, communication and collaboration. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been told, actually, I had a conversation with um, one of the leaders in, in the Portuguese Psychological Association. I went over there when Dr. Susan McDaniel could not go for a presentation I presented in her place. And um, I was talking to him about um, how I see, I like to connect people to like organizations or like if, if I know that you're interested in something and then I ran into someone else trying to, you know, uh -huh. connect you. But I, and he asked me if I was going to ever run for APA president. And I said, I didn't think so. And he, he and he said, well, that's that's a leadership style. He said, you know, may, maybe we think of it more as a feminine leadership style. But so it was really it was really interesting because my team really sees this as really part of the campaign of bringing me into this role to help connect people and groups and organizations, which is really consistent with Division 18. So I got really exciting to think about how Division 18 is like minded and might want to be able to assist in creating and building these kinds of collaborations. Yes. Um, and we also have a strong focus in the campaign on early career psychologists and doctoral students and on mentoring. And I think anybody who knows me knows that I've been a real strong advocate for those voices. And I just really loved looking at your mentoring program and would be interested in enhancing and growing those kinds of programs that benefit both the mentor and the mentee, because it's really, a, in my mind, a reciprocal benefit. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful about. Um, what you're wanting to do to help maybe even help strengthen the mentoring program. I know it's been well received in our division and we have about maybe 20% of our membership is comprised of like student members. Um, I can't remember how many might be early career, but I was just really astounded when I saw um, such a large uh, membership um, with students and they've just been phenomenal. Um, so definitely, um, like your direction with helping to strengthen um, or more focus with the students and ECP members too. My middle daughter, I have three daughters and my middle daughter is a 
graduated with a degree in public health recently. And she went out and did a year of AmeriCorps in Colorado and was farming. And um, obviously I grew up on a farm in, but she's never farmed anything at all in her life. But, but it, you know, the energy of um, this generation that really wants to make a difference in the world, it's just really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I think she, she and her uh, significant other both really, really enjoyed, they were growing food to donate to a food bank, a local food bank in Colorado and during the pandemic. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, anything we can do to support, of course, our future generation and definitely encourage them to, to you know, be very active and involved. Um, are there any other initiatives or other ways you imagine Division 18 um, or engaging Division 18 in some of your initiatives? Well, I mean, I think um, the, the sections are really interesting to me because I think that, um, you know, just kind of going back to the, the rural focus that, that you know, um, I, I do know Dr. Jackie Gray, Gray quite well because we did serve together on the Committee on Rural Health, but psychologists like Dr. Gray could be, you know, certainly, um, you know, consultants to the to the presidential. I think you can have informal advisors and that someone like uh, Dr. Gray would be a wonderful resource in trying to figure out how to better support our psychologists who are serving in Indian country. And mm -hmm. um, so, so I think that some of these, um, these that your sections would be really, really beneficial and helpful in kind of making sure that the, the president and the team is like really well informed in the areas that division 18 is concerned about. That's wonderful. And is there anything else that you'd like to share with our members? Well, I mean, uh, social justice um, is really a, a big part of our campaign. And, um, you know, I was I served on the board of directors during the independent review as well. And so I that was life changing for me. It really was. And I, um, I, I think with a lot of people who were who watched uh, the results of the independent review, um, it was very, you know, painful and difficult. And, but it has fired me up in a way about social justice that um, certainly was not there prior to that event. And I, the definition that I found on uh, the web when I was looking around of social justice is, that, is the view that everyone deserves equal economic, political and social rights and opportunities. I mean, know that there are a number of different definitions, but um, so, I mean, I'm a person who was born in Indiana, lived on a farm, essentially in the middle, middle of a cornfield I was born with a white privilege, didn't realize I had that till I got much older, um, just seemed like um, we were kind of a farm family that was fairly poor, actually, well, you know, lower middle class. Dad was a farmer and a bus driver. He didn't complete college, but he told me I could do anything I wanted to be. And my mom was an English teacher and I was able to graduate from college. And I do believe everyone deserves the opportunity for these types of equal rights and opportunities. And I think it might be important to mention that when I was attending high school and college, I taught uh, Spanish grammar in summer migrant school and I had a Spanish major, but I didn't feel like the kids were getting fairly assessed because of the language barriers. So I went, I was getting a B in intro psych. So I went to my professor and said, I wanted to be a bilingual psychometrist because the kids weren't getting accurately assessed. And she said, you don't want to be a psychometrist because no one will listen to you. You want to be a psychologist 
And I didn't want to be a pharmacist because it took five years. And suddenly I was on my way to graduate school to become a psychologist. But I've continued to volunteer to uh, improve the education and health of migrant farm families throughout my career. And um, so I think you know that for me has been a, a, an absolute passion. And my life's work has really been to care for the rural and the underserved, women and children, and persons with mental health difficulties. And I've presented this work nationally and internationally and advocated on behalf of the people I've served as federal advocacy coordinator for APA. And as you mentioned, you know, chairing the Committee on Rural Health and the Rural Caucus. And I'm currently volunteering with the Maine Rural um, Action uh, Network. Um, and it's kind of an interdisciplinary group of some community members that are interested in rural issues. Um, and so I believe I've served the public interest in social justice really by serving on the board of directors as a member at large during the independent review and as a recording secretary during the COVID and racism pandemics. Um, and I think I'm a down to earth person, a devoted to psychology and psychologists and have served as a state champion and federal advocate. I've had experience in the major areas of the discipline of psychology. I'm a scientist practitioner. I've taught and trained students and practiced in medical centers and consulting practice settings, both private and integrated. Um, I'm the only candidate who has served as an officer on our executive committee, which I believe has prepared me to be president-elect. And I'm a person who includes, connects, and unifies people. And I believe I can mobilize others to correct injustice, build bridges, help heal our systems, and create positive, timely impact. So I guess I would ask Division 18, who are, who are listening to this podcast, that as a proven leader and collaborator, I would like to ask for your vote. And if you like what you hear from me, please ask five of your APA colleagues to also vote for me because the snowball effect really right. works. I think it'll be grassroots. Um, and so as president-elect, I would really look forward to join with you and with Division 18 to make a difference in the world. Thank you so much. And, um, and your passion certainly comes through. And certainly, like with all the candidates, certainly wish you well. And thank you so much for your time and, and sharing with us your vision and um, your perspectives. And um, in maybe even ways Division 18 can, can have a voice and, and, um, and potentially in your, in your presidency. Um, so I guess any, any other words or we can leave it at the, or before we go or close, Dr. Prescott? No, I just thank you so much for your time and um, the opportunity to speak to all of you it really is a gift. And I, I only wish I could hear, hear back from people. So if you have any thoughts about this, please do write us um, on the web um, at, at our website. Of, it's again, Diana, the, on the number four, apa.com. And I'll be sure to include that web address in the show notes, in the episode notes um, for this podcast podcast, you can easily link to it. Great. Well, again, thank you so much, Dr. Prescott. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Um, I hope you stay tuned for more interviews with the candidates. And of course, the best way to do so is by subscribing to this podcast so that you automatically receive new episodes when they're released. And with that, I'll just say take care, everyone. Goodbye.